Well, as Caleb said earlier at the beginning of the service, we are starting a new series, a new preaching series for us here at New Beginnings. And the series is looking at the prophecies of the Messiah. Now, it's actually important that we do actually have a look at why Jesus Christ is so important, at why Jesus Christ, when we come to Christmas, is a celebration. Rather than just stepping straight into Christmas and going, let's have a look at one of our themes for Christmas this year, we thought it'd be really good to focus upon the actual foundations of the prophecies about the Messiah. But before I go too far into this, I just want to make sure that we actually know some of our terms I've just been using. Now, Messiah, how many people know that term? There's a a few people. at, At its core meaning, it means to be anointed, to be given a special purpose. And now, when we use this in Scripture... We, we talk about it in, as a person, not as an object. See, the Messiah was the anointed leader, was someone who would bring freedom and salvation. See, in the Old Testament, prophets and priests and kings were all anointed to be set apart from position, to be set apart for some moment of responsibility. The anointing there was a sign of that God had chosen them and had consecrated them to the work that he'd given them to do. And as we read and understand, we see that the Messiah is the person. He's the one who is chosen to bring the fulfilment to the covenant, to bring salvation to the people. So we've got this understanding of what the Messiah is, the chosen one, the anointed one, the special one is to bring fulfilment to the covenant. And he's also the one that was prophesied about. Prophecies. We all know what prophecies are, don't we? Or do we? We hope so. I hope so. But if you don't, let me fill you in. You know, prophecies, you know, defined as Um, miracles of knowledge or declaration or description or representation of something in the future beyond the power of our own own human ability to comprehend and foresee what's going to happen. It's actually God-given knowledge about the events to happen. See, there's a great golden great prediction that runs through like a golden thread through the whole of the old testament and that's actually regarding the coming and the work of the messiah and that is so important for us the prophecies predict the future predict what the messiah would be like where the Messiah would be born, where the Messiah was going to be, who the Messiah was going to be, and what the Messiah was going to be like. And there's another important concept I want us to understand. So we've got 
the Messiah, we've got prophecies. So we're all really up with this so far, aren't we? And now we've got the covenant. So we, we throw all these words around, don't we? When we start talking church, we throw, oh, you should know what the Messiah is, we should know what prophecies are, and we should know what the covenant is. See, a covenant basically is a promise or an agreement. And in the case when we read it within, within the Bible, we actually find that it's a promise or agreement by God towards us. It's not a promise or agreement from us to God, it's from God to us. Now, there is the old covenant. Actually, did, did you actually know that, and I was telling Annette um, last night it was, that, uh, do you know what the, he, the, the Latin translation of covenant is? I've stumped you on that one. It's testament. Have you got it? Testament. So when we look at scripture, what we call as the Old Testament is the Old Covenant. And what we call of the New Testament is the New Covenant. And it all revolves around the Messiah. It all revolves around Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Did you actually really put that together? It's, it's, it's a great little piece there. But the Old Covenant, when we look at it, the Old Covenant is the covenant of works. God promises to save and bless people on the condition that they have perfect obedience to God. That's the covenant of works, that they, we need to do something in order to receive the grace. But it's not grace, is it? Because it's works. The new covenant. And that's what we're talking about today. That's what we find in the New Testament. That's what we find the Messiah brings, is a covenant of grace. It's God's promise to save the people on the condition of their believing in Jesus Christ, receiving him as their Lord and Saviour. The Old Covenant, the first part of the Bible that we have, the Old Testament, contains about 414 prophecies about the Messiah. Now, we are not going to spend 414 weeks looking at the, the prophecies of the Messiah. We won't do one a week. and just. We, I'm going to just pick four of them. But we're going to look at what's important, what kind of will change our perspectives, what kind of is my top four. And so this week, we're looking how the Messiah brings the new covenant, brings that covenant of grace. It's a big thing. See, we find this prophecy that talks about the new covenant in in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 to 34. And it's no small feat that to be saying that there is a new covenant, a new promise from God to the people. This is actually hugely important. And actually, it actually got Jeremiah into a lot of strife. See, Jeremiah was, was called the weeping prophet because he was always in trouble. People were not wanting to accept what he was hearing from God, the the prophecies, the, the supernatural knowledge of the future events, they didn't want to hear that. 
So often that happens in our life as well. We don't want to hear what God has for us because we like it the way it is. But when we look at this new covenant, the expression of this new covenant, we realise that when we turn into the New Testament and have a look and see whether that new covenant has been fulfilled, we see that seven times in the New Testament, the new covenant is, is talked about directly. And it was referred to simply as the covenant. And we see it here today when we actually do communion. One of our great moments when we talk about the new covenant. And we'll look at that in just a moment. But the references to the covenant are especially frequent if you delve into the book of Hebrews. And why is that? Because the book of Hebrews is, is there to try and convince the Jewish people about the Messiahship of Jesus Christ. And so it talks about Jesus fulfilling the covenant, is the new covenant. But they all come back to Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 to 34, where God promises to Israel that he will initiate a new covenant. God characterised this new covenant not like the old covenant that I made with your fathers on the day when I took them by the hand and bring them out into the land of Egypt. In other words, not like the covenant made with Moses. See, the old covenant, I'm going to share with you, here is the old covenant. If we have a look here. Then Moses went down to the people and repeated all the instructions and regulations the Lord had given him. All the people answered with one voice, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. Notice that it's a covenant of doing, of works that is going to happen. And then further on in Exodus 24 verse 3, I mean verse 7, it was just verse 3 there. Verse 7, then he took the book of the covenant What he's just had. The words, the book of the covenant read aloud to the people and again they responded, we will do everything the Lord has commanded, we will obey. See, everyone within Israel violated the commandments in the Lord, were cursed. So if you didn't uphold, if you didn't obey the covenant, you were cursed. Where does it say this? Deuteronomy chapter 27 verse 28 and it says cursed is anyone who does not affirm and obey the inst these instructions and all the people replied amen we agree to what is happening see the the covenant the old covenant the relationship with God depended on Israel keeping the laws The only alternative there was under the Old Covenant was being cursed. The central feature of the Old Covenant is law. These are the rules. These are the things you have to obey. And what happens then? When you have rules that you have to obey, when you have law that you have to follow, well, what happens is it, it spurs schools, schools of rabbis who taught every convoluted contortion of the law and they made it so that if you did this the law said that you could do 
that. Or if you did this, then the law says you could do this. It was almost ways that you had to live under certain codes. And it became so convoluted that they would have the law and then they'd have all of the words written around outside on the scrolls that gave interpretations around what the law said and how you would enact it and the way you would do it in the daily life. And people would teach so they could know God. And what does Jeremiah say to all of this? He said, no longer will you need to teach people because they will know within their heart. And what happens when you have all of these laws? The first thing is you need people to teach you all about all the different laws. And the second thing is that Israel kept on continually breaking the covenant that they had made with God. In other words, they didn't fulfil the law. Whereas the new covenant brought in by the Messiah, by Jesus. Let's hear it again. Let's hear what Jeremiah says. The day is coming. So it is soon, it is not here. The day is coming, says the Lord. So this is a prophecy from God directly through divine inspiration, directly through Jeremiah being received and given to the people. When I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and of Judah. The covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors. So not like the old covenant. Not like them. When I brought you out of the land of Egypt, they broke that covenant. Notice that this is coming from God. You break the covenant all the time. This covenant is not going to be dependent on that. Though I love them as a husband has loved their wife, says the Lord, they broke the covenant. Even though God is there for you all the time. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them. So bury it within your heart. And I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbours nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, says the Lord. And I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. So this is amazing. This is an incredibly big statement made here. See, under the old covenant, there was all these systems of sacrifice. And sacrifice for the atonement of sins. Sacrifice to wash away your sins, but you keep on sinning. What this new covenant is saying is that God is going to do this. God is going to wash away all the sins, will never be remembered because of what I am doing through the new covenant, what I am doing through the Messiah, the chosen one, what I am doing through Jesus Christ. The Messiah has brought us the new covenant. It's made complete in Jesus. Jesus is the fulfilment of this prophecy about the Messiah bringing the new covenant. Let me share it with you. As we share and start to reflect upon how Jesus took bread and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, let, let me read it to you. Let's, let, 
And then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And then he said, take this and share it among yourselves. So he's taking the cup of wine, just as he did with the disciples in the upper room. Share it amongst yourself, remembering the Passover, remembering the saving grace that God did for the people all those, long, all those times ago. God is doing for us now. For I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. And he took some bread and when he gave thanks to God for it, then he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body. Notice this. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So whenever we come to communion, whenever we break bread, we are breaking it and remembering that Christ's body was broken. That here is the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one, the one who is prophesied to bring the new covenant and the new covenant is made real in the breaking of the bread, in the breaking of Jesus' body. And we do this to remember Jesus' body. And after supper, he then, after supper, he then took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with Jesus' blood, with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. It is a sacrifice, it's a detoning sacrifice. In other words, it removes the sin. It is no longer remembered because of Jesus' blood, because of his death on the cross and resurrection. This is amazing. So when we come to communion today, I want you to come with hearts that are ready to take that new covenant upon yourself. The forgiveness of sins, of grace from God. Communion holds so much power, not because we break bread and we drink wine together, but because of what Jesus has done. Because of the prophecy of the Messiah saying that there will be a new covenant, a new agreement from God towards us. The agreement that is founded in the grace of God, done in the saving actions of Jesus Christ. This is the agreement. This is the covenant. We find it in the New Testament. We find it all through Scripture. See, the Gospels repeatedly declare that Jesus is the Messiah, the chosen one by God, anointed by him. The Holy Spirit came down at Jesus' baptism. Not because he needed to, to be made holy, because he was fully holy, but so that we could see the anointing of God upon Jesus. And he removes our sins from us. I just want to share with you a couple of statements that were made Messiah, about the Messiah. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. Simon Peter answered, You are, what, what is it? You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. What a great, bold statement. This is Jesus, a statement of Jesus. 
And then Jesus actually makes this of himself in, in Luke's gospel, in, in Luke chapter 4, verses 17 through to 21. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. Notice the anointing, the making of the Messiah, the anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And that's the what he's doing, the anointed to go and bring about the fulfillment of the covenant, bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, sat down. All eyes in the synagogue were, were looking at him intensely, and then he began to speak to them. The scriptures you have just heard have been fulfilled this very day. In other words, what's, what's he doing? He's claiming the anointing of the Messiah upon himself. He's bringing about the new covenant through him. Or in John's gospel, John chapter 4, uh, and this, this little section with, with the woman at the well. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ, that's Messiah in a different language in Greek. Um, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And this is what Jesus said. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. I am the one. So when we come to this moment, when we realise that Jesus is the anointed one, that he is the one that is prophesied, that he is the one that is bringing the new covenant that the power of the Holy Spirit will be upon us. That God is with each and every one of us because of the power of Jesus Christ's saving actions. That is the new covenant. The one found in the Bible when we read from Matthew onwards. That is the New Testament, the new covenant, the new saving grace that God has given us. And today, you know, we, we don't want to just leave and say, oh, it's sitting in the Bible and it's back there. Even today, Jesus is still the new Messiah. Even today, the covenant, the new covenant continues to stand and is there for everybody. God has chosen Jesus. He is the anointed one who came to deliver us from all our sins, from those that would do us harm, those that would do us eternal harm. And as the Messiah, he offers you the forgiveness of your sins. He offers you a promise of your salvation. And he offers you a place in the kingdom of God. And he urges you to come to him in the saving grace of our Lord and receive rest for your own very souls. So let's just pray together. Our gracious Lord, we know that when we look at prophecies, when we look at who the Messiah is, we see Jesus. We see him clearly. And we know he is the one who brings in the new covenant. The old is gone and the new is here. And the new is Jesus Christ. So Lord, today, I ask your Holy Spirit to be upon these people that they may know the grace 
that is only found through your love for us. That we may say, yes, Jesus is our Lord, he is our Saviour, he is the one who rules our lives. We ask him into our lives that we may have a close relationship with him. That we may know him intimately and deeply. We pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen.